I'm assuming because you want to go to sleep. Good, good background, etc. Oh, this is gonna be fun. It's not gonna be awkward. It is gonna be awkward, but not because of this. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. for this so welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harris and me graham jones and this week we are so because the podcast you know not to not to shamelessly blow our own trumpets or anything but the podcast is going quite well we we, we feel like we have some great fans out there well, you know i don't want to say we have a following but you know we are looking to invest in a ranch so we can build a commune so what we thought would be good is to shed some of our listeners by talking about movie society tells us to love, but we don't. Yeah, this is going to be one of those ones that is going to anger a lot of people. Yeah, it's it's um. So it was actually recommended by a friend called Alex, and even just messaging them, uh, a couple of ones came out where it's like, oh, really? That's that would be your choice, because that's just wrong. <laughs> I yeah. think I, I can't remember what I said to him, but his response was just, um, yeah, something like that, but that is wrong. It's like, yep, fair, <laughs> fair enough. But it's an interesting one. I mean, so we've, yeah, I, I feel like from the outset, we should stress that, you know, these are obviously just our choices. People are free to like whatever films they choose to like. There's no real right or wrong answer, live and let live, all of that stuff. The Skyline series is terrible, though. Nobody should like that. But like we've said before, like films are so... They mean so many different things to different people that if you disagree with us, it's okay. Yeah, and if anything, just just message us and tell us how wrong... Wrong? 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 wrong. Why can't I speak today? Message Ian and tell him how wrong he is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I, I get that quite a bit anyway. Or, off the back of last week's episode, I'm really hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm not surprised. I, I, I re-listened to it and um, I, I was equally hungry. Um, yeah, e- editing that was a fucking force of will not to just sit there at Deliveroo ordering food after each section. There's there's also um, an, a pang of, of shame and disgust listening back to my order, the sheer amount of food that there was. Um, but I stand by it. Well, I, I, I had the opposite feeling. Like, I, I, I love my menu, but I feel like, you know, it's like, oh, I could actually realistically do this in a day. I, I, I clearly haven't set my dreams and aspirations that high that my dream meal is just, oh, it's all just stuff in London. We're all right. <laughs> It's all, it. it's all within a 10 mile radius possibly not that <laughs> I, i'm fairly sure I could, I could do that just with a decent a decent walk so how, how did you how did you think about this because for me it was a fine line to walk because i really dislike people <laughs> just in general just people in general but you know when people seem to get seem to think that disliking a popular, an inherently popular film mm-hmm. is the same as having a personality. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know yeah. exactly what you mean, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's like everyone's like, when, when it comes around, like this was a big thing during like the last season of Game of Thrones, everyone was like, huh, I think the only, I'm the only person that's never watched Game of Thrones. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Well, I've never actually, I, I've, never, I've just never seen the, the appeal of Star Wars. <laughs> So okay, no, that's that's fair enough. But don't base your personality on just being against everything else. Yeah, it's you know, uh, yeah. So I took 
there's a few different and it will it will come out as we go through them but without giving too much away i looked a bit at finances i looked a bit at awards and i looked a bit at missed opportunities ah nice i i focused on mine the the gulf between how sometimes crazily critically acclaimed these films were with my own opinion of them. So rather than just thinking of what films do I hate that some people think are okay, I try to think of kind of the more top end of it, like films that everything seem you know seem to really be up there that I think are just kind of eh, okay, cool, or sometimes good. But we can go into that in more detail mm-hmm. before we discuss films we're told to love but don't mm. let's just talk briefly about films we don't what are your least favorite films my least favorite films um, what, 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 while you're while you're thinking yeah i can go through some of mine okay so i actively got angry while watching the film this means war do you remember this means war don't know it was chris pine tom hardy are cia uh, agents or something and yeah they both fall for i think it's reese witherspoon right and it's like uh oh, which one should, will she go for um and she clearly picked the wrong one and that that like didn't sit well with me for a very long time i'm trying to find the name of the film that i watched it was a netflix film it was an awful awful horror movie with the violin playing at the end oh fuck that was awful what was um, it called it, um uh, the, it's it's got um amputees yeah and I stopped reading a movie website because of it, because they said it's like, oh, it's one of the best horror movies of the last three years. It's like, it's not. It's shit. The Perfection. Yes. Just awful. Like, genuinely terrible. And it it thought it was being so fucking clever. I, I think that's what I didn't like about it more, was not that it was bad, but that it clearly thought it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Just... No. Yeah, I also remember... So, the story behind this sounds like a horror movie in itself. So, a movie randomly got delivered to my friend's house. Right. (laughs) She didn't order it. She has no idea where it came from. So we watched it. That is the beginning of a horror movie. (laughs) So, it was a Taiwanese zombie film called Zombie 108. Okay. And it was awful. Like, it, it wasn't even, like good bad territory it was like i'm fairly sure you could pull that up for like crimes against humanity kind of thing i um talking of like random horror movies i remember back in i would have still been in secondary school at this point a friend of mine had like i don't know if he bought them when he was on holiday or but he had like a bunch of like ropey pirate dvds oh did, did he buy them from a guy out of a plastic bag in a pub no i think funny enough and you'll you'll know where this is funny but we're not going to go into the story today but i think he might have got them in bangkok okay yeah <laughs> the it was labeled scream 4 right okay scream 4 at this point definitely hadn't happened and it was this kind of weird like slasher movie that actually had no relevance to Scream whatsoever other than it was like one killer taking out a bunch of teens and all I remember is a scene where he had like a like a, like a thing that you crack walnuts with, like a nutcracker thing yeah. that he ripped someone's tongue out with that's all I remember from it, but it was dreadful hang on, horror movie <laughs> nutcracker tongue this is going to put me on a list isn't it? 
<laughs> I just remember them on a work computer. But I don't think, like, I, I genuinely not sure it was ever like a film that made it to theatres. I, I, I have no idea where it came from. I don't think anyone else has seen it. Oh, so do, do you think it was like a Be Kind Rewind kind of thing? It may well have been. Also, a film that I really hated. The premise of Be Kind Rewind and the output of Be Kind Rewind were so far apart. Like, it had so much potential and it just fell so flat. I, I think one of the problems with Be Kind Rewind was it was clearly... It was aimed at and a love letter for a culture I wasn't a part of. Like, the whole video shop thing completely goes over my head. Like, we were, we were kind of post-independent video stores. Yeah, perhaps, but I just... Was it Don Cheadle? Yeah, and Jack Black, right? Yeah. I was I was just also trying to find the the random movie that I saw and I I found a um <laughs> I found an article called Top 12 Tongues in Horror. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, number 1 has to be the alien, right? Oh, I don't know. What about the one is in Is that um... a tongue? Does that count as a tongue? I guess so. No, the number 1 is um a film from 1996 called Killer Tongue. Um oh. and the gif is a forked tongue that is coming out of something and grabbing a man by the testicles to, to hark back to our showgirls episode is that porn I, he, I mean he's clothed okay they usually are at some point in pornography <laughs> number number two is nightmare on elm street where freddy krueger's tongue comes out the phone oh yeah 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 which is is a good shout annoyingly i'm not seeing um oh, evil dead remake where she licks the knife oh uh, yeah which is pretty, pretty great. It's one thing it's not on this list, I don't think, is, well, there's the Itchy the Killer scene, an old boy. Yeah. It doesn't have the, uh, the tongue in, in, um, Cabin in the Woods with the wolf on the wall. Oh, yeah. Which would yeah. make it in my top 12 list of tongues in horror movies. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows? In a future episode, we'll. I'm looking forward to, actually, I shouldn't do any spoilers for our, our top movie tongues episode. Yeah, no, exactly. This is this is this is deep deep research about tongues. That sounds awful. Do you know a woodpecker's tongue is like fifty percent of its entire body? As yeah, in and, the and a barnacle's penis is similar. Uh, a barnacle's penis is uh, a lot longer than its body. Yeah, I think if a barnacle was human size, it would be the same size as uh, Nelson's column. Yeah, something like that. So, um, for those playing uh, the podcast, nobody asked for bingo at home. <laughs> if you had barnacle penis and woodpecker tongue on your list, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Remember to tick them off, because that is the obvious conversational tangent to make when we're talking about movie society tells us to love, but we don't. So before we b- before we descend even more into, I'm not even sure where the conversation would go from then, and I'm not I'm not googling research on the fly to follow up barnacle penis. So I don't before- think I've I've seen the fly. It was just more Jeff Goldblum, less um less barnacle penises. No, oh, true, true. That would be a different film if he'd just been in a teleporter with a barnacle. <laughs> the barnacle. Yeah. Barnacle. Uh, that's, a, that's a horrific... I, just G- Gina Davis walking in and just like Jeff Goldblum's penis is going around the flat. And he's just sitting there eating a donut normally. Oh, hi, Gina. Oh, How's it going? Anyway, It didn't your take us record? long to descend into just pure filth. Uh, my movie recommendation this week. So seeing as we're talking about society... I wanted to take a film, a film we've spoken about before on one of our very early episodes that holds a mirror up to society, Ian. Purple Rain. (laughs) And that film is I, Daniel Blake. 
So I, Daniel Blake, as we've discussed on the podcast before, is a fantastic... You look confused. Oh, no, I just, I'm just i used to taking the piss out of the choices you make, and you've kind of ruined that. <laughs> it's like, there's no, there's, no, there's no witty back and forth banter about I, Daniel Blake. No, 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 no. You, I mean, unless you want to sound like an absolute brick. <laughs> we're going I, I, to offend people anyway just by the films we're going to choose without me descending onto the fucking working class. So I, Daniel Blake, is, um, as as I picked, a fantastic film that I never want to watch again. It is directed by Ken Loach. It follows the story of Daniel Blake, who finds himself on benefits due to his health, and it really explores the British benefit system, how people get let down, how people get lost, and I guess what the outcomes of that are it is without a doubt extremely sad and yeah if you're if you're looking for a pick-me-up film this isn't the one however it is a very very good piece of filmmaking and yeah it really does it really does make you think about the country we live in given that we're one of the most prosperous nations in the world that there's still sort of that on our doorsteps go on here make yeah. a joke i think uh i think you made the joke by uh, referring to us as one of the most prosperous nations in the world. <laughs> Fucking boom. <laughs> Satire politics. But no, I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not touching that with a large pole at all. So you're not touching you... it with a barnacle penis. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you want something more uplifting, is there another film you could recommend people? Yeah, if you want something more, and genuinely I think it is probably more uplifting than I, Daniel Blake, I would suggest um, a film that really takes you back to nature, takes you into the prosperous, extremely prosperous nation of Sweden. Um, we know the Nordic countries have got really high ratings for like standards of living, etc. Denmark's happiest country on earth, I think. Exactly. So, you know, we're, we're, we're close by um, in, the, in the wonder. It's of... contagious. It gives off an aura. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're going to Sweden, we're going to um, a commune, and we're going to hang out with Florence Pugh, a bear, a headdress, and a maypole. And we're going to watch Midsummer, uh, the fantastic Ari Aster film, um, which I am struggling to come up with things to say about after 35 episodes of a podcast where we recommend it every time. <laughs> Brilliant. Daylight, outside, Florence Pugh. Uh, we've done Cheaty from the Good Place jokes. Yep. Um, Bears. Yeah. Cows. Cow bears. Cow bears. Yeah. Just watch fucking Midsummer, guys. Just watch it. Come on. We don't have to hark on about it every day, but we will. Yeah. And we'll we'll throw this out as a plug for one of our favourite cinemas. Uh, The Prince Charles is showing Midsummer on Midsummer. So get yourself down there, support local cinemas, uh, independent cinemas, and enjoy. Not going to lie, we're probably going to be drunk before we turn up. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We were just talking about taking the day off to go. So that's that's the kind of people we are. Anyway, are you ready to uh, shed some followers? Yep, I think it's your turn to shed them first, Ian. Lovely. Given we are talking about movies society tells us to love, but we don't, I'm going to say two words which are immediately going to pro- probably make people turn off. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> did, you, did you feel that? Did you... I just, Did you feel was, the drop-off? Yeah, there was a change in the air pressure. So he's directed 11 feature films. Seven of those are 135 or higher on IMDb's top 250. That's like 
sheer insanity. Um, also, quick disclaimer. I think I mentioned it to Graham earlier. I have approached this section like I do fantasy football. So this is basically entirely numbers lists and a pretty extended list of films. So I'm looking forward to it. But that is like a crazy hit rate. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And But there are some, you know, like... I mean, the Nolan Batman trilogy is just like... Yeah, so 133 on the top 250 is Batman Begins. Yeah. 73 is The Dark Knight Rises, which I think is far too high. Mm, yeah, because that's, that's the third one, isn't it? Yeah. Memento 54, The Prestige 47, Interstellar 29, which is also absolute bullshit. Um, wait, wait, wait. Too high or too low? Uh, too high. We're going to fall out today. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> the Dark Knight is number four. Yeah. And my choice, sitting at 13 on IMDb's top 250, is Inception. Oh, that was that was the sound of that everyone was, else turning That was off. the rest. It's just me and you. So, where, out of interest, where did, where did Tenet fall? Uh, so, it's not on the list. Okay. So, yeah. So, everything that those are the films of his that are on the, the top 250. Um, Dunkirk wasn't on there either. Um, Insomnia, and then I think the following okay. was an early film he did, which I haven't seen. I feel like I feel like Dunkirk should be higher. Yeah, I I, I think I think the problem with Dunkirk was I, I think it was so Nolan-y that it put a lot of people off. Like some people just didn't get the storytelling method. Yeah, I suppose so. But then I mean. Tenet is the most Nolan-y Nolan film. Like, oh, yeah. Tenet that's, is, is That's Nolan forwards, and then Nolan's backwards, and then Nolan forwards again. Yeah, and it's complicated to a degree. It, like, if you need to look up a film afterwards to double-check what it was about, and you think you know what was happening, then, you know, you're kind of... Yeah, I, I think I think the thing... I, I, I want to watch Tenet again now, because I found out how little of it was computer effects. Oh, it's... Don't get me like, wrong. It, it's, it's... Yeah. It's a great film, and visually it's very good, but yeah, it just... I don't know. I just feel like he's trying to, he's trying to out Nolan himself, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I've done a lot of IMDb top two fifty research here. Um, the run of films after Inception is insane. So at thirteen, you have Inception. Fourteen, The Two Towers. You then have Empire Strikes Back, The Matrix, Goodfellas, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Seven Samurai, Seven, The Silence of the Lambs, and then City of God. Parasite is at thirty. Leon's at thirty-one. It's it's crazy, like, the films around it, and I just don't... The, the main sentiment here is, I like Inception, I think it's good, but I don't think it is the 13th best film ever made. There are so many films in the IMD Top 50 which I think are better than Inception. Usual Suspects, Terminator 2, Back to the Future, The Lion King, Gladiator, The Departed, Whiplash, Grave of the Fireflies, Apocalypse Now, Rear Window, A Cuddly Toy, Casablanca, Rage of the Lost Ark, Doctor Strangelove, Into the Spider-Verse, Princess Mononoke, Old Boy, Das Boot, Toy Story, Reservoir Dogs, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Vertigo, Requiem for a Dream. I could keep going. Were, when you said The Usual Suspects, was that the movie or were you saying these are the usual suspects that uh, that should be... Uh... Uh, both. I'm going to pretend it was a very bad pun. Well, actually, uh, it's it's kind of like uh, you know, it's it's on the theme of Inception. It's a it's a pun within a comment. It's, it's a pun within a pun. <laughs> it's a pun within a pun within a podcast within a. Don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so like Inception is a great film. Like the practical effects used are brilliant, but I just don't think it's the masterpiece that everybody seems to talk about. Like it's very impressive. It's very good, but. I don't get the 
praise that's heaped on I it. I think every, everyone really got off on the little um, dreidel waggle at the end. The dreidel, is that the official term? <laughs> yeah, the dreidel, the dreidel waggle. waggle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and they also got off on, like, I. South Park kind of did it again, like, to overuse a phrase we've made up. South Park did it perfectly. Like, people seem to get something being confusing with something being good and deep. Like, it's a fairly simple film, really. Because it's basically a heist movie, like a reverse heist movie in someone's brain. That's easy. Yeah. But people talk about it like it's a fucking philosophical movement or a commentary on the state of humanity. And it's not. It's a pseudo-intellectual Bond film. And that's fine. But it's not the 13th best film ever made. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I struggle to disagree. I think it's a very, very good film. But yeah, when you rattle off those other films in and around it, yeah. it's... Oh, you mean like Heat, Yojimbo, Die Hard, Some Like It, Hot, Unforgiven, Howl's Moving Castle, Pan's Labyrinth, There Will Be Blood, Raging Bull, Chinatown, No Country for Old Men, The Seventh Seal, Shutter Island, Warrior, or Jurassic Park. Films like them? Yeah, although I think it's better than Shutter Island. I, pro- uh, I, I don't know. Well, Shutter Island, again, is... It, it's very well done, but people seem to focus more on the twist and that nature of the it. The fucking obvious twist. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's... I, I, I strongly believe people get confusing mixed up with good. You can, Or not... No, people get... Yeah, I, to be fair, I really... I came out of my, um, my GCSE physics exam Thinking it was really good, but it was actually just particularly confusing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it, it's, I'll, I'll rephrase that a bit. People get confusing mixed up with something being like confusing done well, mixed up with it being a masterpiece. Yeah. Well, there, there's also, I think there's also a level of like people wanting to like claim that they get it. And by claiming they get it, there's like a level of like, I don't know, satisfaction. Oh, you mean you didn't get Inception? Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think there's, it's, uh, I've gone more for level of superiority over satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is definitely based, like, it's, it, it's part of it, and probably, if anything, like, that's, that's Nolan's brand. Like, it, well, it's certainly become his brand. But it's interesting because, like, the, the Batman trilogy is just, it doesn't have the note like unless it turns out i don't know dark knight rises was actually if you watch it back to front it makes more sense like it's not like classic nolan but it's really really good yeah it doesn't really do like everything else you can kind of see the dark knight series takes nolan's kind of trademark filming style rather than his story style yeah everything else he's done has some level of the Nolan fuckery in, which is yeah, a, yeah. a phrase I'll copyright. But like you said, there, there there's a there's a point where it gets too much. Yeah, yeah. And... well, as I say, like te- Tenet, I enjoyed, but Tenet, I felt like he was trying too hard. Yeah, yeah, and again, with 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 Inception, I I, I don't think he was he was trying too hard. Um, it might even belong in the IMDb top two fifty, but not not in double digits let alone that close to the top 10 yeah i think it i and i think there's probably no there's not no i i I agree i think it is it's a top it's a top 250 film absolutely but yeah it's not a top 
top 20. Not exactly. Not like Fargo, Gone with the Wind, Tokyo Story, Memories of Murder, The Deer Hunter, Mary and Max, Catch Me If You Can, Big Lebowski, Logan, Platoon, Lehane, Spotlight, Hotel Rwanda, Rocky, The Princess Bride, The Throne of Blood. So not like them. Can we do Can we do the um, IMDb top 50 in the style of We Didn't Start the Fire? <laughs> Usual Suspects Terminator 2, Back <laughs> to the Future, Lion King, Gladiator, The Departed, Whiplash, Grave of the Fireflies. No, you can't. There's too many syllables. Apocalypse Now, Rear Window, Casablanca, Raiders of the Lost Ark, We Didn't Start the Fire. I like it. Yeah, I try, man. I try. But... Yeah, so that's that. That's I. I think we just kind of will be. I'd say we'll be beating around the bush, but that's exactly what a fucking Christopher Nolan thing would do, isn't it? Like, what we'll do is I'll, I'll listen back to the beginning of this section and I'll say something that will slide right back into that. So you could just listen to this on an internal loop forever. Maybe I'll even, you know, I don't know, play this whole section reversed on top of it, but slightly quieter. You know, just floating in the background. It's. Yeah, being confusing doesn't make you a masterpiece. Given we are talking about movies society tells us to love, but we don't, I'm going to say two words which are immediately going to... Anyway, your anyway, next choice. My next, my first choice, even. Oh, yeah. The, sorry. The next choice. The next choice. My first your first choice. choice. Yeah. Or, in true Christopher Nolan style, I'm going to go with my third choice. No, my first choice <laughs> is is a movie which I have many, many issues with. So, the minute I tell it to go into my first point, you'll know what it is, but I'll make the point first. Um, this is... The minute I tell you what my choice is, you guys <laughs> will know what the choice is. This is... The highest grossing movie of all time. Oh, you mean um, Avengers Endgame, Graham? Oh, it would have been unless some dickhead decided that they needed to be so petty that Avengers Endgame went and above oh, this petty. film that they released it, a special release in China. The most, you know, just so happened to release it in the most populous country in the world to bump the figures up a little bit. And obviously, I'm talking about the 2009 movie Avatar. So yeah, it's made 2.82 billion dollars globally. That's stupid money. Yeah. Do you know what? If we use box office takings as a measure of the quality of a film, which we shouldn't, if let's say for you know for the purposes of this exercise, we will. That means that Avatar. Is five hundred and eighty-seven point five times as good as Midsummer, which just oh. is not true. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that <laughs> argument at all. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm glad glad you went that that extra mile and everything, but no. <laughs> oh, that just makes you feel dirty, doesn't it? Yeah. There's okay. So there's a lot. As I said, there's a lot of things that I struggle with this movie, and the fact that it's made so much money is like society. Everyone's seen it. Uh, most people have paid to see it. I paid to see it, and I'm annoyed I did. Obviously, did you, ha- did you have to see it in 3D? I can't remember. No, I think they did do it in 2D, but it was like a very limited amount that you could see it in yeah. 2D. But thank you for that because that brings me on to my first point. It yes. was the it was the film that tried to launch like 3D cinema. Like we had this, and then we had years and years of trying to find 2D cinema bookings where I didn't have to pay 
an extra £2 to buy some shitty glasses and watch a film in a few shades darker because I was watching them through what was essentially sunglasses in order to get absolutely nothing else out of the film. So not only did Avatar fuck up, like, just... Ugh, but also, it had this whole, like, raft of horrendous 3D cinema that finally seems to have died a death. Right. I would like to make a... I, I, I agree with you mostly, but I feel like I owe it to cinema to suggest a slight counterclaim. I fully agree with you for films that have been converted to a 3D release. Because you had a lot of films that were shot in 2D and then later converted to 3D, which is then like where you said things would always be slightly darker and it would just be not as good. You did have some instances of films being shot with actual 3D cameras that looked amazing. Because the idea is if they're shot in 3D cameras, it's not about, actually, no, another stipulation, it has to be done in the right way. Because the whole point of 3D is to add depth. It's not about having things pop up out of the camera at you. But that's happened so, like, so for example, I think one of the, like, My Bloody Valentine in 3D, right? Saw 3D. Had the whole thing where, like, the axe comes out of the screen at you. But the, the thing that bugged me as well is I would see them in 2D, and when you watch a 3D film in 2D, it's very obvious the things that have been filmed just because yeah. they were there for the 3D set piece. You you shouldn't be able to know it was filmed 3D. No. Kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I fully agree. I just think there it, it's 3D is something that really worked in places, but was wildly misutilized by 99% of films. I just, it, it, it boils my blood. So that's one of the things, right? And also that that kind of, you know, one of the reasons that the the money is inflated a bit because obviously everyone paid extra for their um 3D glasses. The other thing is is it's basically Fern Gully with monkey smurfs. No, sorry, sorry. It's basically Pocahontas with monkey smurfs. No, sorry. It's basically Dances with Wolves with monkey smurfs. Like do you have any do you have any more? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. <laughs> So Fern Gully, Pocahontas Dances with Wells Monkey Smurfs. Got it. Yeah. Also, with mech suits. The mech suits were kind of cool. I'm not going to have you slight those. No, but also just ripping off Alien a bit. Oof. And Alien was just ripping off other things. Everyone's ripping off everyone. Yeah, but also the Avatars, the Navi, they fuck their horses. That's not okay. That should not they be don't. a film that society tells us we should all watch where they're all going around fucking their horses. They don't fuck their horses. They just fuck with the same appendage being used in ways. It would in be the like... exact same way. The exact same way that they copulate is how they ride a horse. It, it's that. That's not the. That, that that's uh, th- not the. The um uh. <sighs> they do a bit, don't they? Um, <laughs> that was more. It was to connect their minds while they were. Intercoursing, I believe All right. kids call it now. All right, sting. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of tantric horse riding. <laughs> yeah. I could ride a horse for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's an out of thing that's going to come back at me. Um, okay. Technically, at the very least, there is a disturbing amount of crossover between intercourse and riding a horse. Yeah, that is a fair comment. It, it, yeah, exactly. 
there's also the consequence of how much the fact that this is the highest grossing movie of all, all time has stroked James Cameron's ego to the point that he's planned four fucking sequels. Oh, fuck off. Sorry. What do you mean stroked his ego? <laughs> he, you know who James Cameron knocked off as the highest grossing movie of all time? James fucking Cameron. <laughs> he's been sitting in his submarine stroking his ego for decades. Yeah, true. But at least there's not four <laughs> Titanic sequels. He, you know he wanted to. <laughs> I, I actually have a lot of time for James Cameron because you know why he made Titanic. Yeah, so he could go and see yeah. the wreckage of the Titanic. Basically, so he could expense a submarine. Yeah. What a guy. And I assume he wants to... Don't know why I'm explaining a joke we're cutting out. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll include that bit, but okay. not the actual joke. Nice. Oh, Christopher Nolan. Very Christopher Nolan. It has 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I can tell you is incorrect. I will give you one thing. It has spawned... There's one positive thing, one thing I really enjoy about Avatar. And that is that it spawned a really good ride at Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's really immersive. It is genuinely downright beautiful. It gives you the 3D aspect without having to wear those fucking goggles. But... But that's the thing to me. There is the amount of substance in this film was enough to be portrayed and distilled into a three minute theme park ride, not a two and a half hour movie. And Avatar and its world could exist within a theme park ride. And I would be okay with that if we never saw another blue fucker again. It's really pretty though, wasn't it? It's, but that's it. It's, sub, it's style over substance completely. So would you would you be less offended if it only made like a billion dollars? Yeah, I think is, so. Is the, yeah, so the the main sticking point is that the world deserves a better, highest grossing movie. I I absolutely think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's fair because I think it's just not that good. And actually, a complete tangent. They, so at, at Animal Kingdom in the Avatar Land bit, they have like a avatar themed restaurant and they serve things that i guess they think are like space food but they have bow buns right okay but in true space bow <laughs> in true american style do you know what their bow buns are filled with cheeseburger <laughs> cheeseburger bow buns yeah oh and my god that's that's horrendous i'm ashamed to admit i bought them <laughs> <laughs> and they were not good. Oh, I, I mean, I, it, w- would it have been worse if they were good? Probably. I'd have like felt the, deeply the guilt, ashamed. Yeah, the guilt <laughs> of like... It's like when um, Pizza Hut did the, the cheeseburger crust. Yeah, or... It, it's Dom- just like, I it, I don't like that this exists. And I Domin- don't like Domino's that. I did to try the Frankfurt crust. Yeah. That was amazing. But yeah, look, like, I say, the, my major issue with this movie is that it is no way good enough to be the highest grossing movie of all time. And... Being that commercially successful means that loads and loads of people have watched it. Loads and loads of people have spent their money to see it. And I would be so much happier if people took that money that they spent watching Avatar and spent it watching some good cinema. As I mentioned, the the fact that it has made nearly 600 times the amount that Midsummer took at the box office just makes me want to cry a little bit. You, you actually sounded like you were getting emotional then. I, I am. So I think we should find a way to reverse those fortunes and also build a midsummer ride at Disneyland. I'm now just trying to think what a midsummer themed 
rice would look like. So you would go in, you would, instead of like a traditional like seat, you would clap me into like a, a bear carcass. Yeah. And then it would be like... Hey, is that the guy from The Good Place? <laughs> I'm thinking like uh, Tower of Terror style, like so like with all the Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone stuff, but with like flowers and brilliant daylight. Done! But yeah, look, it's... For me, it feels so far away from the film that should be the highest grossing film of all time. And it coupled with the fact that it's really unoriginal and it it started this horrible trend of everything being made in 3D and which I'm so glad is... I mean, I don't... Is in, has, has there been anything released in 3D lately? It, it feels like it's kind of fucked off now. Yeah, I, I don't think so. James Cameron, I think, is on my shit list with Will Smith. Really? Yeah. Why? He did Aliens. Yeah, but Avatar. Aliens and the Terminators and... In his credit, he has made some very good films. He has, but also he made Avatar and he's making four more. (laughs) Don't... And... Don't count your blue eggs before they hatch. So that's, that's two lots of film fans that we've we've got rid of who's who's up next okay uh so to, n- right now i'm gonna aim at horror fans so again are you ready for a very list heavy section so my choice has appeared on harper's bazaar's list of the scariest movies of all times time it was fourth on IndieWire's the greatest horror movies of all time it was ninth on Empire's Best Horror Movies. It was second on Thrillist's Best Horror Movies Ever list. It was sixth on The Guardian's The 25 Best Horror Films of All Time. It was Entertainment Weekly referred to it as the scariest movie ever made. And Rotten Tomatoes, in an editorial, said it was... It, so it was number one on their 10 scariest horror movies ever. I'm very aware this may be more of a comment about me than the film but i don't think the exorcist was that scary no i don't know if it's so it could be a case of like the hype train derailing the film for us much like the the next choice i'll be talking about but when when you're a few generations removed from a horror film and all you've heard is that it had been banned um i think it was banned in the u.s it had been heralded as horrifying and crazy. It was notoriously terrifying. Apparently, audience members like fainted and vomited when they saw it originally. And the first time I watched it, I had to fast forward through bits, not because I was scared, because I was really bored. Like Do you, I just don't. I, it's just not there. I I wonder if there is, like you say, with this generational thing, like if there's an element of pure desensitization that we've had and then you go back to a film from the 80s is it it come out in the 80s so it's uh, 1973 70s that it just doesn't there's stuff now that is in probably 15 rated horror movies that would if you showed that in the 70s would be way worse than the exorcist you say that but 1973 the wicker man and don't look now came out yeah but then again they they're, they're a different type of horror, but they they are still quite creepy and unsettling. The Wicker Man, like I I watched, goes without saying, not the Nicolas Cage, no, version. not not the Nicolas Cage version, the original version, and that's not you. It, it's it's so far removed from the type of horror movie The Exorcist is. Like it's, I don't think anything in the Wicker Man was scary. It's just a bit unsettling. Yeah, true, 
and like you said, it, it could be it could be a case of desensitization. The Exorcist is always held up as being like the pinnacle of horror. And I don't even think it's the best exorcism possession movie. Which, if you're wondering, is Wreck. Yeah. Or Wreck 2. I so so I tell you one thing that has, has come out of of the Exorcist and this label of a lot of vomit yeah, and Linda Blair's dignity. It had the label of like, don't watch this. This is the scariest film of all time. And I watched it, and I didn't think it was the scariest film of all time. But I thought it was okay. And then that sent me on a quest that any time that that label was attached to a film, I'd be like, well, it's clearly not, but yeah, I'll give it a go. And yeah. in doing so, I ended up watching that film, and. The fact that The Exorcist led me to that film maybe makes it the worst, the scariest film of all time because without The Exorcist, I'd have never watched that film and I would be much happier. No, very quick. Do you want to earmuff so you don't have to hear this bit? Go on. So he's talking about a Serbian film. So what I did do, so I threw it out on social media today and messaged a couple of people asking what they thought their scariest movie was. One person said The Exorcist. And that guy is a piece of shit because I told him explicitly the only reason I was doing it was to prove a point that nobody would say The Exorcist. But he is the only one. So films that were said were, so we had Midsummer, Hereditary, The Conjuring, The Mist, A Tale of Two Sisters, Blair Witch Project, Jeepers Creepers, Saw, Sinister, Insidious, The Ring. A lot of people said uh, The Strangers. Whoever said The Blair Witch Project needs to get in the bin. That I, was not I believe they were nine. At the time, I didn't message a nine-year-old. <laughs> so a, a, a friend of mine watched The Blair Witch Project when he was nine and thought it was the scariest thing ever. The Poughkeepsie tapes were mentioned by a couple of people. I, I haven't seen that. Uh, Return to Oz, obviously. Lights Out, Annabelle. The Exorcism of Emily Rose was mentioned by two people. Not The Exorcist. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, Event Horizon, The Black Cauldron, Wreck, Babadook, The Orphan, this is when social media became social media. Two Girls, One Cup, Hush, Eraserhead, Alien, Us, The Grudge, Mamma Mia, Building Jerusalem from a Welsh rugby fan. I have a lot of a lot of love for that response. Uh, Room 1408, Lake Mungo, uh, The Sad Story of Henry from Thomas the Tank Engine, uh, Human Centipede 2 and Suspiria. So those were, those were films that jumped to people's minds when you ask people what the scariest film is now. Nobody said The Exorcist. Again, it's not that I don't dislike it. Like, it is it's a decent film, but I don't get the... I think there are a lot of other horror films. So, again, like we said, like Wreck, like Get Out, like The Thing, even like The Descent or Let the Right One In, that are, are, I feel are a lot more deserving of that kind of acclaim. Do you... I get that it's in... Yeah, continue. Do, do, do you wonder, or do you think, or do you wonder, do you think that... Surprisingly little... Do you think that because as a society now, we are much more secular than probably back in the 70s, that that has an impact on, like, because of it's all obviously deep-rooted in Christianity, etc. And that's kind of... Obviously, there are people who, who have faith, etc. now, but it's definitely not a societal norm as such as it maybe was back then. Do you think that has a, a take on it? Poss- possibly. Like... And you, you talk about stuff like Get Out and stuff, and the reason that's so scary is because it's 
like you feel like that could happen well it's the same with again like the wave of like home invasion stuff you had so the strangers the purge yeah that kind of stuff was all where that was kind of very front and center of people's minds so maybe yeah maybe maybe that is the case maybe it is just kind of it was a perfect encapsulation of its time and i i fully understand that it's influential and i'm i'm glad it's there for the films that came out of it there's a lot of bands i feel a similar way about where it's like you know what without you these bands i like wouldn't existed but i still don't want to listen to the white album that's that's another drop off of listeners there mm-hmm. but yeah it feels like the lazy answer to the question yeah i so i have a really really distinct memory of the exorcist in that when i was in year six at school there was i think i think around that time it got like a some kind of re-release in the cinemas it was kind of after the time like the the banning was whatever it it got re-released again i think maybe that they'd made the like because i think it was released as a cut version with like without the spider walk and things like that and then i think they re-released it i want to say 1998 with with like the the uncut version and it went yeah. back in cinemas and stuff and i distinctly remember my which is a weird thing to do but my primary school teacher in year six telling us that he was going to watch the exorcist over the weekend that, that story could have gone in a totally other direction <laughs> and talking about again like how it's the scariest film of all time blah blah and obviously i guess to a bunch of what are you in year six ten year olds like you're like oh my god it's just so brave <laughs> I just, I just, like that, that sounded like a really weird threat <laughs> what are you? Year six? What's the fucking exercise? <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, I think in that moment as well, it kind of feeds into the whole like, if you watch this, you're going to be terrified. Because I had in my mind that oh, oh my god, like even the you know teacher was going to be terrified of it. And yeah, actually, it's not really that scary. Speaking of fucking horror movies, what the fuck is Bowie doing? He is going to town on a bone. Jesus Christ. Like, I, 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 you, you must be so happy we're leaning into the fact he makes noise. Yeah, I, I hear yeah. it on every episode. There's some kind of grunt or something. Like, yeah, like, what else are we going to do? For for our listeners, I'll try and uncover the sound effect. I did cut it out. There was a point last week where we managed to isolate Bowie's noise. And he sounded exactly like the Predator. Oh, it was, it's ridiculous. Like, to, as I said to you, the to the point that we could probably sell that to a sound effects company. We'll be millionaires! But yeah, back back to the, back, away from the, the horror movie sound effects. But yeah, it, it's like society has just decided the exorcist is, they decided it in the 70s in which we're too lazy to think of a new one. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, like, Oh, Steve, what's the what's the scariest movie again? It's like, oh, Exorcist, we've done that. We're on to best movies where blue aliens fuck horses now. <laughs> Only technically, though, Steve. It's like, yeah, 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 Steve, yeah. They're both called Steve in this situation. But yeah, The Exorcist. I, I know that's, um, I feel like that could offend some people because it does seem to be a bit of a, well, like a you've golden pissed, chalice. You've pissed Satan off. I pissed Satan off, um, <laughs> which is, yeah, keep... Keep doing you, bro. <laughs> but yeah, Exorcist. I wasn't scared. I think there's better Exorcist movies. I think there's better horror movies based around kids. Uh, Orphan. I would rather watch Orphan than The Exorcist. Okay. Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn. Those other ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Insidious. Is it Insidious or what's it? 
Insidious, yeah. Insidious is the best horror movie ever made because it's a haunted house movie and they say, fuck this and leave the house within the first 20 minutes. Yeah. No, it's not Insidious. What's the one with um, the Mr. Boogie? Uh, Sinister. 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 Sinister is pretty scary. I enjoy Sinister. Sinister. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was mentioned when I, uh, I sent out. And it, it is quite interesting. So it's an interesting question because more than one person, the response to what's the scariest movie ever made was... Well, what do you mean by scary? Do you mean gory? Do you mean jumpy? Do you mean what? So I'm fully aware scary means different things to different people. And that's, you know, like you touched on, compounded even more when we're talking about times and places and what your mindset would be at the time. But even in 1973, I feel like there were better horror movies. (laughs) Well, my dad, uh, so my, my dad thinks Don't Look Now is one of the scariest films ever made. And that was the same year as The Exorcist. He is a... Brave, brave man. He is. I don't think I've ever seen Don't Look Now. You would have seen references to it. Red Coat. Okay. Uh, li- little Girl in the Red Coat. Yeah. I might have to watch it. Talking of things that are apparently really scary is... Um, so I, I've found a... There was a BBC, like, fake haunted house thing that they sh- showed during the 80s. Oh, it was like Ghost Watch or yeah. something like that. And they didn't tell anyone it was fake. Yeah, yeah. And they, I think it's got, like, the most complaints of any BBC... Shut uh, him. Yeah, yeah. He was in the studio. Yeah. yeah. I I saw some clips from it today. It came up on a Twitter feed. I need, but apparently, like BBC have like expunged it from their archives. Like you can't watch what it was, on iPlayer or anything. What was very good was, did you watch the Inside Number Nine live episode? No, I where, haven't seen that one. Where I think a third of viewers turned it off. So it, it, in the build up to the episode, they kind of talked about how they were. They were filming it in Manchester at these studios that had burnt down. And, you know, it was, it was a big kind of marketing point. Um, it was going to be the story of somebody who found a mobile phone in a graveyard. A couple of minutes into the episode, they started having problems. So the audio dropped out and then they cut to your BBC announcer saying, oh, there have been a couple of issues. We're, we're going to see if we can go back. And they ended up having to cancel it and they started showing an old episode of Inside Number 9 instead. Right. And that's when people sh- turned off. Like, that was obviously a bit. And they then cut to security camera footage backstage. And that was the actual thing. Really vague. So uh, Inside Number 9 is a BBC show, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton. It's an anthology horror series, and it's arguably one of the best shows on TV. Yeah, I need to... I've, I've watched bits of Inside Number 9, and it's it's very good, but I need to... I need to... That was the dog throwing his bone. Um, dun, dun, dun. But I yeah, want, uh, I, once, I once saw Reese Shearsmith at a Frank Turner gig. Anyway. Oh, nice. Yeah. Go us. Go us. Uh, yeah, Exorcist. Everything I just said. Meh. Your next choice, then, Greg. My next choice. Oh, I do. This This. This one's probably going to really piss some people off. Oh, we can't be down to many now. Yeah, we we just lost the horror fans. You heard them going. They were they were a bit back in with Inside Number Nine, but they've gone now. Yeah, yeah, and obviously all of the, all of our equestrian friends have buggered off after uh, after Avatar. So this film, my my reasoning again, I think, is down to the story. Like with Avatar, again, it it was all kind of style over substance and, and painting with all the colours of the wind and all that shit. <laughs> Head with other characters. And Kevin Costner. But this film 
is really, really critically acclaimed. It's won Oscars. It's got a 95% critic rating and an 85% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And that film is uh, Lost in Translation. Now, Lost in Translation, my issue with it is nothing fucking happens. Nothing happens in this film. Nothing happens. They're two people. They're in Tokyo. They kind of happen upon each other. Uh, there's a weird whisper at the end, and that's it. Nothing happens. And that's uh, Graham Reed's Lost in Translation, brought to you by the podcast nobody <laughs> asked for. But in like, association with Bill Murray. There's so much. There's like there's so much hypo for it that it's. It's got a very good cast. Everyone says it's amazing. The dog nearly fell jumping onde the sofa. I, I missed that bit. That would have been it. <laughs> well, that sounds so, like something happened. That would have been something happening, but not even that happened. Like, it just... I just... I watched it. I went into it with such high hopes. And I just felt so underwhelmed. Like, I... So underwhelmed. Did you... So, I, I, I think you're... Again, I, I think we'll come onto this on my next choice as well. Were you aware of the type of film it was going to be when you went in? I wasn't, no. I Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it, but I watched it having heard people say nothing happened. But I, I take real... Like, films where nothing happened really, really annoy me. <laughs> like, but yeah, I say... Also, slight tangent, underwhelmed is a weird word, right? Because you can be underwhelmed and you can be overwhelmed, but you're never like, yeah, I was just whelmed. I'm, I'm distinctly whelmed by this. <laughs> Well, that's what the, the, this this is our whelm episode. <laughs> like my my two choice, I was I was distinctly whelmed by Inception, and I was borderline whelmed with The Exorcist. Yeah, what will well. I be whelmed by next? <laughs> but yeah, look, I mean, it's it's well acted, it's well directed, well, well acted or well acted, well acted, well acted. It's okay. well acted. It's well directed. I mean, there are uh, Sophia Coppola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she just missed out bringing her uh, family member Nick into this film, and then it would have been oh much more God. interesting. Can you imagine Lost in Translation with Nicholas Cage? <laughs> Nick, what's the karaoke video? There's a video of him. I'm literally clutching my face. <laughs> <laughs> Is it him singing Purple Rain at a karaoke bar? Uh, I don't think I've seen that, but I want to see. Oh, that. it's exactly it's exactly what you would imagine <laughs> Nicholas Cage singing Purple Rain at karaoke bar would look like. Well, there we go. That's it. Nicholas Cage in Lost in Translation. Da boom. Well, that would make this film so much better. And and talking of films that Nicholas Cage um, was near the in, so I I think I sent you this story yesterday. But um, Seth Rogen was talking about Nicholas Cage auditioning for the Green Hornet, and it just sounds like the wild. Like he said that he wanted to play this character with like being a white man with a Jamaican accent. Stood up did a piece to Seth Rogen and like one of the heads of Sony Pictures at their house. No, everyone stood around like, what the fuck has Nicolas Cage just done? And then rather than continuing and eating dinner with them, he just left. What did he want to do with his hair? It was something weird with his hair as well. Like he wanted it drawn on or something. Yeah, tattooed on. He said his hair tattooed should be on. tattooed on. Oh, we don't deserve Nicolas Cage, man. Which is the energy Lost in Translation is missing. But look, and when I say nothing happens in this film, right? I like this. You're getting really animated about it. 
I because <laughs> it really annoyed me. Right. So yeah. I, I it's, it's, not, it's not like one of your favorite films is a bunch of guys in suits hanging out in a warehouse for an hour and a half or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, but at least people get shot. <laughs> Twenty minutes eating strudel, you know. <laughs> but um, I looked. I was uh, at least people get shot. You fucking sadist. <laughs> the um, the Wikipedia plot summary for Lost in Translation is 358 words long. That's how little happens, right? For comparison, White Chicks, the summary is 1,256 words long. Grown Ups, 647 words long. And Rubber, a film that is literally about a tyre that murders people, is 492 words long. More happens in Rubber than it does in Lost in Translation. And... This is why I have so many issues with this film. <laughs> and look, I know we will I come... Some... <laughs> Welcome to the new section of the podcast, Graham's Word Count. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know people will say it's a character study, it's two unlikely people bonding, blah, blah, blah. But it's not... It, I could... I would be okay with that if it was set against the backdrop of anything meaningful, but it just isn't. Like, and as I said, like, please, like, the ending to this movie, like, the mystery whisper before they, like, hug, kiss, and go their separate way. Come on. Absolute cop-out of an ending. Absolute cop-out. Are you you looking at... Sophia cop-out? Yeah, yeah, I was was trying to fit in, but I didn't know if it would work, but... I'm glad you tried it. Oh, I was I was looking at the uh, the the plot summary. Like you said, it's very uh, very whelming. Yeah, I, I I disagree though. I I actually quite liked the ending. I thought the ending was in perfect step with the film. Um, but again, like I I think if I'd gone into the film only hearing, oh, it's Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, it, it's you know it's going to be great. I would be less than. Yeah, that. That 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 is the sound that sums up my thoughts about Lost in Translation. That's fair. I I apologise. That was <laughs> that was not uh, it was not very couth. Yeah, that's fair. Have you watched it since? No, I haven't. So to make the obvious comparison with Lost in Translation, I'm going to talk about Smoking Aces. <laughs> Smoking Aces was advertised... I hated it the first time I watched it because yeah. it's advertised as basically a load of hitmen having a, ba- a fight in a hotel. Yeah. And that's not what the film is at all. So I didn't like it because it didn't hit my expectations of what the film would be. But then I watched it again another day once I knew, obviously knowing what happened, and I enjoyed it and appreciated it a lot more. Maybe it, it's worth another go. Maybe. 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 Maybe I'll go from underwhelmed to whelmed. Whelmed. Whenever you're saying underwhelmed, I feel like you're talking about underworld. <laughs> it's, um... Yeah, speaking of whelming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I... It's just, I mean, it won. It won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. The best original screenplay must have been like fucking four pages. Like, I would have rather watched. I know we spoke about adaptation ages ago, but the movie that uh, Charlie Kaufman's 
imaginary brother writes in <laughs> adaptation. I would rather yeah. watch that. I mean, the than three translation. That's the one. The three. Yeah, that's fair. We do need to do. Uh, we need to do a fictional movies episode one week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've already got a couple queued up. Were you just checking if it won the Oscar? No, no, no. I was uh, I was wondering whether I was going to. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what percentage of Avatar's box office takings it took. But I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> I have all the numbers. I just don't know what to do with it. Final choice. Final choice, please, Ian. Right, my final, my final choice, and let's let's chuck the disclaimer in now. Graham is not happy with this. <laughs> so before I, I believe, I believe part of this reason is the hype train that preceded it. Yeah. I believe that has a lot to answer for, coupled with some other reasons. So before I watched this film, I knew people who were obsessed with it. So somebody I worked with at the time had seen it five or six times, was planning to see it again, and it was still out in the cinema. It still has a record tying 14 Oscar nominations. The film the director did before this I thought was incredible, and it was one of my favourite films that year. I love musicals. I think musicals are great. So it all was lined up for me to get excited and love the idea of the best picture winning for five seconds, La La Land. Those are impossibly high expectations. (laughs) So like I said, 14 Oscar nominations. It was hugely loved by a lot of people. I, in researching this episode couldn't make it through a youtube video on it instead of watching an entire song from it i instead stopped and watched three episodes of ted lasso so i will regularly watch this movie like i've seen it upwards of 10 times uh, yeah i mean ugh. it's not why do not... you just hate feeling good and being happy and it's not i mean that... until I... the end obviously but it's not that i don't like la la land it's just i feel literally nothing towards it it's the deadest I've felt since South Africa knocked Wales out of the World Cup in 2019. It instilled no emotional response to me, and I was dead. It, it... You really are Christopher Nolan, because I guarantee you watched this before 2019, but you just said it's the deadest you felt since they were knocked out by South Africa in 2019. The deadest I felt after that. But before it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just weaving a nice Nolan thread through your choices. Nolan thread, yeah. So, which, if anything, is very Nolan of you. Yeah. It's a musical, and obviously if you've watched it ten times, you'll disagree. <laughs> so I, just, I, I just tried to phrase this in a way that isn't going to have you like throw the dog across the room and start shouting. Um, after watching La La Land, yeah. I couldn't have told you a single song from it. I couldn't have sung you a tune. I couldn't. Well, I can't oh, come sing on. in tune the, anyway. The, the beginning, like, like before the whole big opening number on the bridge with the dancing and the cars and the honking. Just, I mean, maybe, maybe if they cast people who could sing and dance. When has Hollywood done that with a musical? Uh, I can't answer that question yet. <laughs> uh, sure. Well, we we can use the we both of us can use the same uh, movie to argue this. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Les Mis had <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, Helena Bonham Carter, and Hugh Jackman. Also had Russell Crowe. <laughs> but 
was I, I don't know it, it just it felt like it felt like a lot of people thought it was very very super original and amazing but it turns out they just haven't really watched a lot of musicals like one I saw one comment on it which said that the point was that there was music rather than the music itself and I just can't wrap my head around that it's like that you're just describing a bad musical I, I honestly believe that outside of Emma Stone, not even the character, just Emma Stone, it was completely charmless. I don't feel like she as a character was completely explored either. I think she mainly served to further Ryan Gosling's weird jazz saviour complex. Jazz saviour complex. Like but the, the one thing I did like about the film is there is a great behind-the-scenes shot that does the rounds all the time of them filming Ryan Gosling on the piano and then Emma Stone dancing. It mm-hmm. turns out they did it in shot. And it's the director tapping on the guy's shoulder. That's cool. Take or leave the rest. I'm not even sure I was whelmed. Uh, Graham is rubbing his eyes right now. Um, it's just such a good... I just love it. Like, it's just... I love the music. I will listen to the soundtrack. I will watch the film. Like, it's the kind of film I'll stick on if I just need to just have a bit of enjoyment for a while. What's to enjoy? There are better musicals. There are better films set in LA. There are better films with Emma Stone singing. There's, I mean, Ryan Gosling shows more emotion when he's playing a fucking emotionless robot. I I don't, I don't like it. I don't know why I said that like I was a child who'd broken something. I'm worried I'd let you down. I just wasn't, I just wasn't a fan. And again, I, 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 I think that maybe if those high expectations hadn't been set from the outset, and I'd gone in it with a bit is, of a... Is this a bit and you're actually going to talk about Moonlight instead? Yeah, yeah, that's where it's going to be. Ta-da! Ah, La La Land is... Gra- oh, I, can't, I can't even do it. No, I, 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 I can't stress how boring I found it. Which is really... I mean, if it's divisive to you... Well, mate, this is how we lose listeners. The podcast stops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even have um, interesting characters like Benny and Ren. <laughs> so uh that was fun oh, it's just us now uh graham has turned off his laptop um i'm disconnected from the zoom call so uh oh fuck this means it's just me i'll just do my top three list then so this is gonna be the first episode where the top three list is just my choices so uh number three um is the distinctly whelming. Uh, I'm not sure. What, what do we do now? He hasn't come back yet, which is a bit worrying. I wonder if he's saying anything. I wonder if he misses me. Hey! Probably wasn't worth the joke. Like, I, I for a minute thought I'd completely fucked everything. Zoom completely closed. I tried to start a new meeting. It wouldn't let me. It's currently converting <laughs> the old meeting recording, which is going to cause all kinds of trouble. for the. But then this is also re- recording. Nice. I, 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 I'm recording it, normally, yeah. Are you so still you, recording? You will, you will have me on the normal recording go, oh shit, when I open my laptop again. <laughs> no, Caesar. Okay, so welcome back to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harris, and Graham Jones again. But yeah, I, I just didn't... I at, at the very least, I felt absolutely nothing for the film. You joyless bastard. Yeah. So... I have joy. 
there's a lot of things I find joyful. Kids falling over is funny. Like, you know, a grown man getting hit in the nuts. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of musicals that can be joyful. The top 12 horror tones. Yeah, right? Okay. It's great. Life is good, bro. We don't need to watch a fucking self-entitled pretentious love letter to jazz in LA that apparently gets jazz very wrong. So I, I, I was reading an article which went way over my head for the most part. But you know Ryan Gosling's all about like getting back to like traditional jazz and shit? Mm. Apparently the jazz community has basically as one decided that's not the way to revitalize jazz. <laughs> so he not only does he get jazz wrong, but couldn't remember any of the songs. Sorry, man. It's okay. I forgive yeah. you. You 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 sound as unenthralled as I was while watching La La Land. Anyway, uh, to get us out of this uh, musical slump, hopefully there's not another musical we're going to alienate people with. Peek behind the curtain. I'm eating ice cream. Nice. Um, so, not only have you offended me with your choice of La La Land, you're now offending me with a food item that I cannot eat. Because I could not give a shit. <laughs> and ironically, I would give many. <laughs> I set them up. <laughs> so, we are going from a divisive opinion about a musical movie to a divisive opinion about a musical movie. Everyone seems to fucking love this film. The songs are everywhere. I just don't get it. And actually, the best songs I've heard from this film are cover versions of said songs. It has a... 86% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. You and knew the bit... songs were from it, though. Well, no, I didn't, actually. I only realised it was from it because there was a big, like, cover of the band that I guess they were told they had to put a fucking circus in front of it. Yeah. It's got a 57% critic score because, I guess, in this case, the critics are right. The film we're talking about is The Greatest Showman. Who's the joyless bastard now? <laughs> So I don't know, it's, it's just too magical for me. So firstly, can we stop casting Hugh Jackman in musicals and get him doing some more comic noir style Wolverine films, please? More Logan, less Barnum. And I think again with this, like a common thread, I think through all of these is one of my biggest issues that I have with this film. It comes back to the storytelling. And in this case, it's largely because the really interesting and deeply complex and pretty messed up story of Barnum and his what he did as a person is oh is, you, mean, you mean the fact he was a massive cunt exactly that yeah. is mostly omitted from this film at the expense of some singing and dancing i can i can get behind you with that barnum was a deeply i don't want to say troubling what word am i thinking of Problem, problematic, problematic deeply problematic man yeah, and we'll come on this to This is me, <laughs> So there's a couple of reviewers that I found when I was looking through that, that really kind of summed it up better than I could. So is it on like the fifth or sixth page of Google? No, no. On Just the, like ang- um, angryman.blogspot.com. It was, on, um, it was on Rotten Tomatoes. So Avril Halley from Movie Bitches said that it feels very much a lot like peacocking. But the most accurate one I found was... Person called Lee Monson for Substream magazine who said 
A serious look at P.T. Barnum's life requires acknowledgement of the ways in which his success manifested. The greatest showman is therefore just as much of a fraud as he was. And again, I think this is this is really important because so many people leave this movie with this almost idolization of Barnum and singing songs about how great he is. But in actual fact, he was awful. He exploited the disabled and outcasts of society. He abused animals. He lied to the public. So one one example, there was a, an act, I guess you would call it, called Tom Thumb, who was a four-year-old boy. He claimed was the smallest person that ever walked alone because this. They, he said he was 11 years old, but he was actually a four-year-old. And the, re- the way he got him to like appear as an 11-year-old was by a lot of coaching to like make him appear older oh and the fact that by the time he was five year old he was quaffing wine and at seven years old smoking cigars it's it's just like there's so much awful stuff that this guy did that is just painted over with a few song and dance numbers and actually a a a really like gritty look at like the messed up person he was as a film would actually be really interesting but we we don't get that at all. No, no, it, it's it's no, no, no. I I completely get it. it, it it's it, it's smoothing over acts that shouldn't be smoothed over. Yeah, it's and... like I don't know, having a war film that ends in nineteen forty four doesn't sit right, right, Graham? Guess you wouldn't like that either. <sighs> I also uh, I just found uh, so Avril Halley, right? Yeah, uh, referred to La La Land as I have so many feelings about how much I hated this movie. So you're right. Great journalist. <laughs> well, and actually, funny enough, a lot of, when I was looking through this, a lot of people levied similar issues with with Greatest Showman and La La Land. So, mm. I mean, I guess we're we're kind of on the same page, apart from I'm on the right page and you're not. Um, and I get look, it's it's hard to make a musical out of something that's so depressing. Yes, it is. <laughs> maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe give it to Lin Manuel Miranda. 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 He he made Alexander Hamilton interesting, and that just involved. Oh, I I I, I didn't think that's the direction that joke was going. <laughs> it's like who would who would who would possibly make a musical about something I don't know so miserable? Yeah, and there are some you know maybe a few catchy songs. As I said, I think the cover versions are better. I think it's um who who are the guys that do Chicken Fried Zach Brown Band? They yeah. they they cover a song. Which is good. It was all over TikTok that dance routine. I, I'm I'm too old for TikTok now. Oh, thank fuck for that. So am I. I don't get how it works. <laughs> oh, he's um, doing a do it. Oh, oh. I had TikTok for all of like ten minutes. I was like, nope, I'm done. I am now old. <laughs> it's it's Chinese Vine, I think, is the no. That's um, that's what you have to get a survey to check your house isn't <laughs> overran by. Nice. It's, it's Japanese, not weed, and Chinese vine. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think that I, I think the real issue I have with this, apart from like being completely whelmed by it, which is is going to be a, a an ongoing thing, it just feels like such a missed opportunity. Like I really feel like, um, and maybe we'll get it. Maybe one day we'll get a biographic retelling of the Barnum story that actually is true to life and doesn't yeah. sort of i don't know idolize a person that really doesn't deserve to be idolized. He, he's he's not yeah he's not a man who deserves i am 100 with you 
with that argument. He's not a man who deserved to be idolised. He was a colossal piece of shit. We've had this discussion with with other subjects. It, it, it's very difficult to separate the the truth of stuff from the story. Yeah, maybe like it, it's. I I think the problem with the Greatest Showman is that people don't realize like we 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 well, I say we. I can enjoy it for what it is, knowing that Barnum is a cunt. A lot of people would watch it and go, oh, this Barnum guy? Fucking great. Yeah, but and I think that that's one of the real issues. That, like, So unless you dig into it, you would never... Like, I, I didn't really know until after this, and I saw a few articles that were talking about it, but I don't think it was, you know... Like, I would say the average person that's watched Greatest Showman probably isn't aware of all of the underlying terrible things that it's built on. I know, I, I think that's I think that's completely fair. But you, you bastard, went after the songs. And I'm not alright with that. <laughs> they are <laughs> some of the songs, the greatest showman, are fucking great. The whole um him and Zach Efron one at the bar where they're doing all of the stuff with the shot glasses, that's great. It's brilliant. He doesn't drink during it. It's it's a fucking con. It's crazy. Yeah. I'd rather listen to La La Land. Well, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, oh, I want to relax to some nice background music because that's what fucking La La Land is. I'd rather watch just Muzak the musical, musical, musical. Either way, fuck him. <laughs> I, 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 I really like Greatest Showman. I'm not gonna, not gonna be that brave. I don't think it's. Um, by far not the best movie musical it's not the best musical or anything you know it's not in top 10 lists or anything but i think it's fun and i like the songs and that's really all you need sometimes yeah but like the fact that it's got such like every it's oh no that's right because you wouldn't like it because a white man doesn't save jazz (laughs) right that's that's what you want from a musical i mean you're definitely putting words in my mouth (laughs) a little bit but that's what this podcast is You just like you just like musicals about terrible people, don't you? Like if if someone in a oh, musical, I see, what, I see what we're doing. Is, yeah. yeah, we're going back to Benny Ian. Yeah, yeah. We're going back to Benny. You know what? In the end, Valjean stole that fucking bread. All right, <laughs> he's got to do time. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. You know uh, that's not that's not a problematic phrase or anything like that. But you know, Javert was doing his job. And what about Eddie Redmayne? Oh fuck him! <laughs> fuck him so hard. The Oscar baiting piece of shit. No, um, I, I, the the most enjoyment I got out of an Eddie Redmayne performance was Jupiter Ascending. I, I thought he was quite good in um, in the uh, Stephen Hawking biopic. Oh, that's a very good point. You know what? I, I think the problem is Eddie Redmayne was always like the, he's the fourth string intelligent middle class white guy. You know, like. Oh, is, well, we'll get we'll get Cumberbatch. Oh, he's busy. Shit. Okay. All right. Uh, is Hilston Hiddleston around? Nah. Shit. Nah. Fuck. Let's go. Any Redmayne because he was. I was always didn't know if I was pro Redmayne or anti Redmayne. <laughs> and then he plays Marius, and I can't. We have we have covered my opinions on Marius before. I don't like Marius, and I think Redmayne's now become like per, like completely entwined with him in my mind. Yeah, I was the, I was the only person to heckle the theory of everything. Stop doing physics, Marius! You piece of shit. Oh god. Are you going to leave all these friends? Oh god. No, no, that that's no. To be fair, like yeah, Eddie Redmayne was incredible in that film. 
But look, I my my two issues with the Great Showman is one that I don't think I I just don't think it is as good as everyone seems to think it is. Like it, there was when it came out, there was this whole like you you couldn't you couldn't swing a cat for all the the Greatest Showman stuff that there was around, which is not the analogy I was after. But like it was everywhere, and <laughs> so you're pissed off you couldn't swing a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I would go out in the street swinging my cat and there were so many people out there singing Greatest Showman songs. I had to go back inside. Yeah, exactly. And there's not enough room to swing a cat there. No, there's not enough room to swing yeah. a cat, which oh, is sorry, not... You should, you should have led with that, man. It's, if, if I'd known so... it would the way of you and swinging your pets around. So, yeah, on the one side, I just really don't think it's as good as everyone seems to think it is. And on the other side is that we got a, like, sparkly happy film about something that actually the subject matter is a lot darker and deeper and that film is the film that we should have got or i hope we do get one day hypothetically if we lived in an alternate 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 virginia no hypothetically if we lived in an alternate universe where we had had the gritty Barnum movie, yeah, and then Greatest Showman came out. Mm-hmm. Would you be more okay with it? Exactly the same as it is now. Well, no, because it's still papering over cracks that shouldn't be papered over. Oh, that's, yeah, that's fair. No, I yeah, I'm I I I can I can agree with you on. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. <laughs> I, can, uh, I I I can I can agree with the. Yeah, he's not a man. You're not going to go watch Hitler the Musical, are you? Oh, 100% I would. <laughs> Is it... <laughs> what a stupid thing for you to say. Okay, but Hitler the Musical isn't going to be about how much of a great guy Hitler was. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. well, I mean, but I think people would be a lot more aware of the shit Hitler had done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> So those were our choices, and if you are still listening, thank you. We appreciate you and your time. Because of the divisive nature of this episode, we have decided for a one-time only thing, we are introducing a veto. And that is in the form of a fuck that and fuck you card. So Graham and I, if we disagree over one choice the other person tries to bring into our combined top three, we can play our card and we can't mention that film anymore and it's off the table. Yep, I'm okay with that. I think that's okay. I wonder yep. which film Graham is going to use it for. <laughs> so, out of my choices, I think I will go Inception 3rd because even though I don't believe it's... I still think it is a very good film that arguably... like Again, if, if it was like 240... In the IMDb top 250, I don't think I would have kind of turned my nose up as much as I did. It's just that I don't think it's the 13th best film ever made. It is still a good film, so I'll throw that in at third. Second, I am going to go La La Land. So the main reason La La Land is second and not first is I'm not alone. There's, it has become, there has been a very real La La Land backlash since the Oscar nominations for one in you know one shape way or another and that's not the phrase that's that's another if yeah, you, it's 
You, you can't even swing a cat at it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you had on your bingo card, Ian gets a well-known phrase wrong, it's pretty safe you're going you're gonna to get that each week. <laughs> um, yeah, so La La Land, I think it has become a bit more of a social norm to acknowledge it's not great. And then number one, I'm going to do The Exorcist, just because I feel like it's... I wouldn't choose... I honestly don't think I'd choose to watch it again. Even if we were to do a double bill of exorcism movies, I don't think I would do that. I think it is the lazy choice of what is the scariest movie of all time, which means my opinion, where I place it, is so far removed from what society has deemed it is. I think it is the clear and easy number one. What about your choices, Graham? My choices, I would say... I don't know, because they really all depress me. Third place, Greatest Showman, I guess because... It's whilst there was this whole like everyone was all jazzed up about it, it I don't think it's like critically acclaimed as such. Therefore, is it being pushed on us as much as others? Probably not. Second place, Lost in Translation. There are a couple of redeeming features. You know, there's the the cinematography is quite nice. The color palettes enjoyable, but as I said, nothing happens. More happens in a film about a killer tire. And in first place is without a doubt Avatar because it is so far removed from its commercial success that it just makes me sad. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Greatest Showman, even though it wasn't critically acclaimed, it was still very popular and publicly acclaimed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in, interestingly with yours, I would completely different order for me. I would put Inception number one for yours. I would put Exorcist number... I actually probably put Exorcist number two and I'd leave La La Land where it is despite the oh, really? I, it, it, despite, well, so the, the thing with The Exorcist that is most in, that I think is where it has a real value is in the sense of the cultural impact of it and what it did for horror like we spoke before about how horror is kind of ignored and stuff at the Oscars but The Exorcist is one of the few horror movies that got a level of recognition and got it in front of people uh, that's fair I I, I, I... I appreciate The Exorcist. I, I'm glad it's there. I'm glad it pioneered the road a lot of films did better. But I, I don't love it as a film. I'm, try, I'm trying to differentiate between watching a film and is its, its place in like musical history. Like, I, I, if Music, it was a list, musical history. Musical history, yeah. Which, weirdly, it's, it's strangely high on. Um, <laughs> it's place in movie history. Um, if if it was a list of fuck me influ- with your crucifix, <laughs> I need an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> um, your mother sucks dicks in hell. <laughs> We're gonna do the spider walk. <laughs> um, uh, have we just written the uh, the Exorcist musical? <laughs> oh, it was. It's, well, I I did see the Exorcist live, so I saw the the live show they did. Um, oh, I don't like The Exorcist. We're going to go watch it at the theatre. Oh, well, no one wanted you to see it, so it's only like 10 quid a ticket and I'm cultured as fuck, mate. Um, yeah. If we were doing a list of influential horror movies, yeah. The Exorcist would be high on it. But if we're going for films that I love and enjoy, it's just not there. So that, that's why I've chosen to go number one. In, yeah, again, exception number three for me is just because I think the, the gulf between where society says it is and where I could accept them saying it is, is slightly smaller. Um, and then La La Land I actively disliked. So, you know, 
That feels good for number two. So, for a combined list, then. Yep. What are we saying? Well, I can't see past Avatar. If we're talking golfs, the golf between how much money it made and how good it is, is, is extreme. If we are taking it being the highest grossing movie all time as a mark that society has said it is worth watching, then I agree. Uh, I would go Avatar. I would happily have... Happily? I would happily have Avatar 1. Lost in Translation I did enjoy, but maybe not to the point of it being uh, like the critical darling it was. Well, again, 95% critic rating, 85% audience score, best original screenplay Oscar. And it can be summed up in less words than white chicks, grown-ups, and rubber. Fucking rubber, man. That was a weird, <laughs> weird fucking film. Um, okay, so... It's a tough one because given you have my my top three list the exact opposite way round. So what would what would your combined three be? Just you my, arguing. My combined three, I would go Avatar, Inception, Lost in Translation. Interesting. We might not have to use the fuck that and fuck you cards. <laughs> Ain't that nice? We love each other really. Oh, that's great. I like that. I would sooner go The Exorcist over Lost in Translation, just because I think more people, well, like like the the countless top ten horror lists, or or not even top ten horror, the top ten scariest horror movie lists. It was in the top ten for, and I wouldn't put it anywhere near that. Yeah, but also, do you know the thing I like about The Exorcist? Stuff happens. I watched a film and stuff happened. A stuff. priest, a priest got launched out of a window. <laughs> if 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 there was a priest being launched out of a window, lost in translation, I would have enjoyed it so much better. <sighs> if Bill Murray spider walked through the streets of Tokyo, yes. Fuck that and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you don't mean that. You, you you would use that card for the greatest showman if I was trying to put the greatest showman in here. So, given based solely on the, I would put PG, I would put Barnum on the things society tells us to love that we don't. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing with me is more people tell me I should love The Exorcist than tell me I should love Lost in Translation. See, I I think maybe it was the I I maybe we this is just. Dis- our, our distinctly different upbringings in because more people have told me <laughs> to, to love Lost in Translation. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think, like, from the point of view of, like, the amount of people that have, like, just sung its praises so much. But then again, like, of all the people I know who watch a lot of horror is kind of you. So, <laughs> and yeah, that's that's kind of probably my my sample size of people telling me to watch the X. Ex- like, there's not a lot of people I know that are into horror films massively. So maybe that's why. Maybe it's the the exposure to um to that side of things. We're we're at an impasse, Ian. Uh, a, a satanic Japanese impasse. Okay. I we we're, we're agreed on on Avatar. We're agreed on Avatar. We're agreed on Inception. Yep. I would happily do that a one two. Yep. Can we have the movie, The Greatest Showman, but not the songs? <laughs> okay, I'm okay with that. All right, so I, I'm. Fuck that and fuck you in Lost in Translation off of the table. Because I do... Again, t- t- all of the wanky stuff you put you poo-pooed. I think it is a very interesting character study at two lost people. 
not knowing what to do with themselves. But the great, yeah, the, the greatest showman, the thing that sticks out for me is the... Missed opportunity. It's it, not even the missed opportunity. It, it's a really happy, smiley musical about a man who fucked over an awful lot of people, did an awful lot of cruelty and everything like that. Yeah. Like, let, let's, just, let's just say there wasn't going to be a circus troupe singing his praises, asking him to come back. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. We good? We're good. We're good. Okay, so the podcast nobody asked for is top three movies society tells us to love, but we don't. Number three, we have The Greatest Showman, but the movie, not the songs, because the songs are good. Two, we have Inception. And then number one, we have Avatar. And then number two, we have Inception. And then number three, we have The Greatest Showman, brackets, the movie, not the songs, because the songs are great, close brackets. And then number two, we have Inception. And I'll stop now. If you agreed with our choices, if there are other films that you don't like that you feel like society is pressuring you to, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. You can also find us over at ko-fi.com at that's uh, at the podcast nobody asked for, where you can buy us a coffee and all of that money goes towards making the podcast bigger and better and helping us regain all the followers that are now pissed off with us because we said the films they like aren't good. Yeah, and if you are really pissed off and just want to vent at us, maybe tell us what we can do to make things better, to make amends, to bring you back into the bosom of the podcast nobody else. You're, you're, you're about to read my Twitter handle, aren't you? <laughs> please. <laughs> please direct all your hate at... No. Please message us on Twitter at nobody else for pod with the number four. You can also find us at the same place on Facebook. Yeah, and you can also leave us reviews on Apple Podcast. Uh, that would really help us out when it comes to all the Apple algorithm jazz. And as we know, Graham loves jazz. So, and just just before one thing, I'd like to say is that we 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 didn't put an episode out last week, right? And you put up on Instagram just what have people enjoyed so far, and just in the in the spirit of talking about reviews and stuff. There were just some really nice things some of you guys said about like just enjoying shit, which I'll be honest, I don't think we ever thought we'd probably get past 10 episodes or anyone would listen. So a genuine I... thank you to everyone that, that took the time to, to say they enjoyed the ridiculous stuff we talk about. Yeah, no, we really appreciate it. I mean, Graham and I have kind of spoken about it before. The entire point of this is putting out a podcast that we would enjoy listening to. And it does mean a lot that we're not... <laughs> <laughs> Turns out people enjoy our random ramblings. We're not as strange as we thought we were. Which we've just we're slowly developing a community. <laughs> Which we've just blown up. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I'm um, probably gonna go off and. Uh, oh no, I'm. I'm hundred percent tuning into La La Land as we speak. I'm assuming because you want to go to sleep. Good, good background, etc. Oh, this is going to be fun. It's not going to be awkward. It is going to be awkward, but not because of this. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. Ugh, no one asked for this. So welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harris. And me, Graham Jones. And this week we are so because the podcast, you know, not to not to shamelessly 
blow our own trumpets or anything, but the podcast is going quite well. We 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 feel like we have some great fans out there. Like, you know, I don't want to say we have a following, but you know, we are looking to invest in a ranch so we can build a commune. So what we thought would be good is to shed some of our listeners by talking about movie society tells us to love, but we don't. Yeah, this is going to be one of those ones that is going to anger a lot of people. 